Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. You're listening to The Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2. I'm Neil Manthorpe, and as always, I'll be joined by former England fast bowler Steve Harmison to look ahead to England's three-match T20 series with Sri Lanka. Over the course of the show, we'll hear from Owen Morgan, Chris Wokes and Joss Butler, as well as Sir Alistair Cook. And finally, we'll be joined by England bowler Kate Cross to reflect on England's dramatic test match with India last week. So, much to get stuck into. You're listening to The Cricket Collective here on TalkSport 2. So, England back in T20 action against Sri Lanka uh, in three T20 internationals starting on Wednesday. The good news for fans and indeed for those watching and listening is that uh, more fans are being welcomed back into the stadiums for the uh, Sri Lankan ODIs. Uh, Harmi, welcome. Uh, there's an awful lot to get through. Um, you excited about these uh, this Sri Lankan series? Yeah, very much so, Manners. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing the real England player, not the uh, you know, the Test match England who just seemed to be fudged together and chucked out and thought, right, a little bit of an afterthought. The proper England side are going to be playing um, and it's going to be interesting to see how England line up and, and go forward for what is going to be a, a very important series not only against Sri Lanka, but Pakistan as well, leading into the World T20. Well, without further ado, let's hear from uh, Owen Morgan. Um, And it's interesting because he's been asked one particular question a lot ever since uh, Alex Hales was uh, banished from uh, the England setup. But here was uh, the England captain talking about uh, the the, the Sri Lankan series and, and... Inevitably, he was asked the Hales question once again. I think he does. 
when you look at the player that he is and the performance that he put it, he puts in um, around the world, he's a, he's a very fine player. But when you look at the players that we have available to us at the moment, we're spoiled for riches at the top of the order. And I think the longer you spend out of a side, the, the further away you get from that position that you once had. And I think looking at our top order at the moment in particular, even outside our top three or four, we have guys sitting behind there that have drastically improved through to performance in an international shirt and that are taking up positions. So that was um, Owen Morgan on Alex Hale's chances of playing for England again. So the door is not closed, Harmy, but it doesn't sound like Alex needs to be dusting off his England kit just yet and uh, <laughs> expecting a call-up anytime soon. No, I don't think he's going to be holding his mobile phone in the air too much to make sure he's got reception looking for an Owen Morgan recall. Um, oh, hey, I think Alex Hales is a fantastic player. I still believe he's... If you look at the squad, he's, he's still one of our best options at the top of the order. Um, even though you've got the likes of Besto, Roy, Butler, Stokes, I still think Heels has proven around the world and time after time. We see him at the other, the other day against my old county. And he got 96 in a crack. Fantastic. On, the, on a ground which is not a small ground, a massive ground. Um, he's still one of England's best, best players. England have got an issue with Alex Heels. Um, and they don't seem to want to pick him. They see the, there is a trust element that Owen Morgan's mentioned before. He didn't mention it in that interview. Um, I think he was questioned on it. But, look, I, I just think the best thing for Alex Hills and the best thing for Owen Morgan, the England cricket team, would be to move on. For the simple fact is, he's going to get question mark after question mark after question mark. And Alex Hills is just sitting there. And he's, he's quite happy for other people to do his talking. The interesting point, the part of, of this and the ECB's element of it is it's nothing, not similar, nowhere near similar to what happened with, with Ollie Robinson. But the Ollie Robinson walks back into the England fold later on in the summer. Alex Hills, quite rightly, will be, will be asking, well, you know, why am I still banished to the sideline? So, look, he's still a, 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 he's still a fantastic player. I still would, if the, if the deem that he's... he's, he's He's done his punishment, up for selection. I still think he's a fantastic player to, to have in the England side. But Owen Morgan, just he runs a show and he doesn't seem to want to have him around. So I don't think Alex Hales will be playing for England anytime soon. Is it just Owen Morgan's decision or do you think that he's reflecting the, the thoughts and, 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 uh, and attitudes of some of the senior players? I mean, a few players have spoken out and said that, uh, that, that they wouldn't have any problem at all if Alex Hales was recalled. I think it's when you put under pressure like that, you have to say that as a senior player. I think you have to. It's more sensationalised if you say, "No, I don't think he should be come back." I don't think that's ever gonna ever gonna happen by a player, uh, even though that they're possibly thinking that honestly. But I think at the end of the day, I actually think it is a lot down to Owen Morgan. I think he runs the ship. I think it's his. He's at the wheel and. Who are we to question? The guy is a phenomenal leader. He he looks after that England camp very, very well. And he has got a ridiculously proven track record of making sure that this team is going in, has been going in the right direction for a number of years now. So even if it is just a personal decision for Owen Morgan, I don't think we can question it too much. Too much. I think we can have... 
you know, questions to, 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 to put to Owen Morgan. But I think when he gives the answers, I think we have to back the guy up. So I've got no, no issues with that. It would be nice if there was clarity to say, look, Alex Sales is probably not going to play cricket for England again. And then we all move on. Alex moves on. The England cricket team moves on. Owen Morgan doesn't have to feel answers like he has done. A little bit like the Kevin Peterson uh, situation. KP got a treble hundred at, at, at the Oval for Surrey against Leicester. Andrew Straps rang him up, brought him in. And I think Kevin thought he was coming back into the England fold. He just said, look, door's closed. Probably not going to play ever again. Went out to the media and said, look, for the, you know, the, the best of the English cricket, we're moving on from Kevin and that's it. And I think that for me was the best thing that Andrew Strauss had done. Was it the right thing? Who cares whether it was the right thing or the wrong thing? But we all got clarity and the door was firmly closed on Kevin Peterson and everybody moved on. The team, the captain and the ECB. I think that might need to be time now for do that with Alex Hills. OK, there's a lot to talk about. I mean, there's some really interesting selections. For me, the one that, that stands out um, is the recall of Chris Wokes to the T20 squad for the first time since 2015. He hasn't been in a T20 squad for England for, for six years. Now, I may not, I just may not be able to remember whether there was a technical reason. I don't know whether anybody ever said that um, he, uh, he's a better 50-over player than he is a T20 player. It seemed to me that they... They just have too many good white ball players and and therefore they had to to pick and choose. I mean, I think I described it a couple of years ago as seeming like a lucky dip, you know. So Chris Wokes came out of the uh, the T20 ball, um, lucky dip ball. and uh, But, you know, he's he's back now in the T20 squad. Do you think it's a chance for him to to try and make that bit more permanent, press for a place in, in the world, uh, in the T20 World Cup squad? I hope so, um, for Chris's sake. Um, I just like to see him back playing, to be honest. He was England's <laughs> best player. He was player of the year less than six, eight months ago. He's not played since. So, no, I I feel a little bit for Chris Wokes. I don't agree with a lot of things he said this week. But, hey, I live in the, old, I live in the older generation and we have, to, we have to trust these players now that they're doing things for the right reasons because we've not been in these COVID bubbles. We, are, we can sit in these sort of glass houses and throw stones every now and again because we live... You know, we live in a world that you know, what was different when we when we played the game. So I have to trust these guys when they're talking about it's time to have a rest and and all that stuff. Um, and he's been unfortunate sharing a taxi with Mo and Ali was was something you know very very unfortunate. Didn't have a better look. So it's nice to see him his name back in. It's nice. It'll be nice to get him on the field. The one thing that I look at this squad and they've brought players in. And I think there's some people, some players, the likes of Mark Wood, I think it's good to have in because he could be having a little bit of a break after the exertion of the two test matches. But there's some players that, a little bit like Matt Parkinson, I'm pleased Matt Parkinson didn't get picked. But there are a couple of players where I'm looking and thinking, if you don't play in the first 11, what are you doing in this squad? Because you need some some cricket. And I'm thinking the likes of Sam Curran, Tom Curran, um, Wokes, especially Mel- um, Milan, Livingston, sorry, Livingston, the guys that have been to the IPL haven't played a great deal of cricket recently. The last thing they want to be doing is carrying drinks for the next three or four weeks because they're just kicking their coming back into cricket can a little bit down the road. They're in the bubble. Um, and for me, I just don't see the point of them them, them being, like, uh, being like that. So it's going to be interesting to see how England play these next six 2020 games to get the best out of, and the one days, to get the best out of players who haven't played a great deal 
to making sure they've got enough cricket going further down the road. Because if somebody doesn't play for the next, what, six white ball games that hasn't been playing since the IPL, who didn't play a great deal over the winter, when you do need them and a few injuries crop up, you're asking a lot of somebody who hasn't played a great deal of cricket. OK, um, David Willey's also in the squad for the first time since the 2019 World Cup. Liam Dawson is the third spinner behind Mohan Ali and Adil Rashid, so I'm not sure if, <laughs> how, much, how, many, how much game time he'll get. No place for Ben Stokes, Joffre Archer and Reese Topley all out with uh, injury. Let's hear from, from Chris Wokes. You know, as you mentioned, England's cricketer of the summer um, and, and he hasn't played for, for six months. Was he surprised to be back in England's T20 squad? I didn't fear that I, I played my last. I thought that I might have played my last. But, you know, that's just the, the way it goes. I think in many, many ways it has kind of helped my test and ODI career as well, having not played T20 for a little while for England, uh, meant that I could focus on on a few of the formats. Um, you know, to play all three at the highest level is quite tricky to do, I suppose more so as a bowler and, and, and as an all-rounder. So, um, yeah, I, I don't think I was... I never kind of thought that it was it was over, but then at the same time, I, I would have been surprised if I, I kind of got back in. So, um, yeah, it did come as a little bit of a surprise to get the call. Well, nothing controversial there, Harmy. But just very quickly, for those who who may have missed his comments um, a little earlier in the week, what was it about them that um, that you were uh, that that caused your eyebrow to raise? Yeah, it was just I just live in a different world and a different time from when I played. You know, talking about the you know, the the amount of cricket and the amount of time in this bubble and 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 not and try to justify why he didn't play in that second test match and I just think I, I'm not going to single out Chris because I think I think a lot of Chris Wokes I think he is an easy option sometimes to either leave out he is he is a fantastic human being who who works tirelessly hard for for his teammates and his and his country and and his team when he plays for Warwickshire so it would be unfair to to sort of criticize him a hell of a lot but I think there is player power, and sometimes player power isn't always the best thing. But it it works both ways. And I, like I mentioned last week, Trent Bolt raced around the world ten thousand miles to get him some prepare prepared to play for the 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 World Test Championship. And I made the example, rightly or wrongly, Chris Wokes was ten miles down the road and couldn't play because he didn't have enough bowling inside him in the nets, and these numbers weren't up. I just think sometimes with this with this ECB lot is there's too many cooks behind the scenes justifying their jobs, um, and they're complicating it sometimes for the players. And when things aren't going so well, sometimes it's better. You know, it's a good excuse for the players just to back off a little bit and hide under an excuse of, well, he tells me not to play. Get some ownership of your career because you're the one that's going to live and die by the numbers that you'd have at the end of it. And if you want to play, demand that you play. Well, you know, Harmy, I was asking um, Owen Morgan this question in December last year when they were playing three T20s against South Africa. And then there's been five against India. You know, I, I mean, it's it was um, it's it constantly. Are you fine tuning? Are you getting ready for the T20 World Cup? I mean, it's very different conditions, different personnel, but it's the same old question, isn't it? I mean, uh, it is the T20 World Cup does provide relevance uh, for this series, but it still just seems like mostly England's plans are in place, aren't they? I mean, they know who their first choice personnel are. Um, they've done so much fine tuning. <laughs> How much more fine tuning can you do? 
thing that I said in, in part one, where I worry that some of the players, when you look at the side, England play their best side. Some of the players that are in the squad who haven't played a great deal of cricket in recent times, either been to the, the IPL, haven't played, been rested in between time from coming back and not played a great deal in the blast. And then they go into this bubble now and if England play their best side, which they've, they've, they should do and they've got to because they've got a World Cup round the corner, some of these players won't play cricket a great deal. This you know, in the next, or won't have played cricket all told till after the 2020 World Cup for the best part of 18 months now. And, and that for me is a concern because when you come to, when you see what you've got now, you've got Archer to get back in the squad and you've got, sorry, back in the team and you've got Stokes to definitely come back in the team. If some of these players don't come back in or get injured, then you're asking a hell of a lot of players, a lot of players of people who haven't played for a while to go into a T20 World Cup and actually perform because all they've done is practice in the nets or do the do it like do the fielding. I look at this side, I think Livingston will probably play. I watched Livingston bat. I was commentating on the game for the TV. Livingston play against Durham and he, he batted he batted very, very well. Thought his his mindset game plan early in his innings wasn't great, but he stuck it out there and he got himself a score for his side. I think Livingston will probably come into the, the reckoning where instead of Stokes. At the in the middle order as opposed to Stokes going in at the top of the order, um, but I, I can't see a, a game for the likes of Dawson for Billings. Billings has been carrying drinks in IPO, been carrying drinks for for a while now. Not played a great deal of cricket. Sam Billings, he's going to do the same for the next four or five weeks. Um, I can see Chris Wokes doing exactly the same. I don't see Wokes getting in this side. I really don't. So Chris Wokes now goes from not not playing at all for a hell of a long time to then going into another bubble and not playing again. You know, when you look at Sam Curran's got to play. We, we need we need Sam Curran. We're going to need him in over in uh, in Abu Dhabi where the, the World T20 is probably going to be. You're going to have Chris Jordan. You're going to have Mark Wood. The firepower that England need the ball through the air. So Wokes isn't likely to play because you've got to play the spin twins of Rashid and... And Mo and Ali, so it, for me, it's wasted some of the some of the the, the, the non squad the non players that are in the team that are just going to kick their heels for 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 a long long time, and that's why I I'm, I'm over the moon that someone like Matt Parkinson, who potentially could come into Ashes contention because England might look at a leg spinner over in Australia, that he is not going to be in this bubble. He's going to be playing T20 Blast for Lancashire. He's going to be playing a lot of cricket. And But when it comes to competition time, if England lose a Rashid or a, a Moen Ali through injury or for whatever reason, then you've got somebody that's actually played and performed. So it's you're right. Fine-tuning is one thing, but also looking at the bigger picture and making sure there's a volume of cricket for everybody I think the need to have one one eye on that. I don't understand Owen Morgan's insistence on playing his strongest eleven all the time, Harmy. He did it. He made one change to the team in three games in South Africa in December. Yeah. Um, it was the same team against against India, and I don't understand it. It's a different thing, and I know that you and I are of a similar generation. <laughs> I'm being unkind to you. There. Um, similar mindset. But, <laughs> yes, different, same mindset. So it's one thing England not playing their strongest team in a test series and then losing a, a test series for the first time since, uh, you know, for, for seven years, uh, as they did against New Zealand. But I don't understand why you wouldn't want to play a Liam Dawson and, and play the, 
the, the, the fringe players and play wokes. Because how many games does, does Joss Butler and Sam Curran and Johnny Bairstow, whoever, how many games do they need to play? I mean, you, everybody knows what they're capable of. And But here's my point. Why not be prepared for an accident or a disaster or something goes wrong during the T20 World Cup? And then know that Livingston can step in and open the batting if he's in the squad. Know that, I mean, we all know Chris Wokes is a very fine player, but I just don't understand why Owen Morgan is so determined not to, to you know, play fringe players. Because you're sure maybe he'd be criticised if England play some, uh, some, some reserves and, and get beat. But it's not the same as losing a test match and a test series. No, and and this this is the, the the case in point that probably Owen Morgan is saying that the amount of focus, should we say, on white ball cricket recently, he probably he probably feels other the the feelers other have to justify playing their strongest team all the time because if their if their players are getting rest and rotated for missing test matches, then the need to play and the need to play and he wants he wants them to play their best side possible and I, I i fully i fully get that but my my point is if you're going to rest players from test series but then not pick them during what you're saying not pick them during a, a white ball leg of it then you're defeating the object of trying to protect and, and look after your players because you know, what I'd look at somewhere like Chris Wokes, the winter was a waste of time for him. It was a it was a complete and utter waste of time for that lad. And I'm I keep going back to Chris Wokes, but we go to the point that he was player of the year. He was England's best player last summer, and all of a sudden, because he got in a taxi with Mo and Ali, he's missed a hell of a lot of cricket. He's now getting criticised by the likes of me and yourself and whoever saying he should have been playing in the Test series, and he didn't because the volume of overs weren't there or his body wasn't there and it wasn't right for him to play. And England have now picked him in a, in a, in a 2020 squad and I don't see him playing. I, I really don't. I, I, as much as I want to see him playing, England will probably pick Chris Jordan ahead of him because I, I can see Jordan ahead of him if it gets to the 15-man squad being picked tomorrow for the World T20. So a lot of it is looking after and comfort blanket and making sure that all bases are covered for Owen Morgan and the white ball side. And it, again, the, 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 the red ball side has been, has been pushed to one side and some of the players in this have been, have been left behind and missed out because they're just, if you're not on the, if you're not on the one to 11, then it doesn't seem we're really that bothered about you. I know flexibility is not there where you used to be able to just jump out and play for, for Warwickshire or go and play for a, a, your, your county. In COVID, I, I fully understand that. But I think, I'm not sure the ECB understand that sometimes when they're making these decisions. Oh, we'll pick him in the squad because if something happens, we've got somebody, a good backup plan. But we're going to pick our best team. He's going to be isolated, sitting in a hotel, not actually playing, when he could have been left out of the squad, playing in the blast, enjoying his cricket, getting himself in it. And then we could just drop him into the squad with a, a two or three deer you know, quarantine, no, and bang, he's, he's, he's available to play. So a lot of it is, I don't understand a great deal of it. This is the COVID world that they're hiding behind and whether there is the hiding behind or it is actually, that's the way it is. It's, it's hard to understand from a former player and understanding I, it, my onus on my career. Why am I not playing? These are the questions I would want to be answering, asking the, the and, and wanting answers from my superiors saying, well, hold on. I've not played for six weeks. 
I went. I was away all winter and not played. You told me I wasn't ready to play in the test matches. I am now in the squad, but am I going to play? If I'm not going to play, just leave me and let me play for Warwickshire. If I'd be asking this, if I was Chris Wokes, some of it, some of the questions I'd be asking, and if I got didn't get the right answer, I'd be I'd be fuming. Right. I mean, at some point, a player has to say, I think, uh, look, if I'm the 17th or 18th man, please let me play for my for my county. Let's hear from both camps now very quickly before this section comes to an end. Um, in a moment, Mickey Arthur, uh, Sri Lanka's head coach, let's get their perspective. But first, Josh Butler saying what you might expect him to say, um, uh, but using the T20s this summer to build confidence ahead of that T20 World Cup. No, really important to get that sort of side and squad and, and things nailed down. You know, role clarity for people and, and just familiarity of playing together. I think that was, you know, it's going to be a mark of, you know, successful teams, the ones that know each other well and uh, are playing good cricket going into the tournament. And I think that was something that helped us in the 50 over World Cup, you know, going in confident, having played good cricket. Um, so we need to, to focus hard on these next few T20s to make sure we put ourselves in as good a position as we can be for when we get to the World T20. The situation of the two squads could hardly be different. I mean, polar opposites in the sense that England are very, very settled. Um, uh, <laughs> Joss talks about role definition there. I think um, most of the players know exactly what their role is. It's very, very clearly defined and has been for some time. Mickey Arthur, however, is presiding over wholesale changes to the Sri Lankan squad. Um, there, there has been a massive contract dispute. Some of the big players like Angelo Matthews have had their annual retainers being cut by as much as 40%. There's been a great deal of, deal of disquiet. At one stage, the Sri Lankans were threatening not to come on tour, to go on strike. Um, so it's all been uh, very difficult. Mickey Arthur, of course, again, uh, trying to pour oil on troubled waters, tells us that there's been no discussion amongst the players. I'm sure there has been, but uh, about the contract disputes. We have not mentioned it at all, and it's, it's, it has not been on the radar since we've been here. It's just been cricket, 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 and I think you know everybody's been been mature enough just to put that on the back burner and realize why why we're here. So um, it has not been a distraction. It's not been an it has not been an issue um, as far as I know at all. I've known Mickey Arthur a very long time. I count him as a friend, and I can tell you that I'm not entirely sure that I believe what he just said there. Um, it's time to move on from Lasit Malinga for Sri Lanka and uh, many of the big names in Sri Lankan cricket. I'll get Harmi's thoughts on that in the third half, in the third quarter of uh, the programme. A reminder that the three-match T20 series between England and Sri Lanka gets underway in Cardiff on Wednesday evening. We'll have updates of that game across the TalkSport network. But next up on the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2, we'll be joined by England bowler Kate Cross, to look back at England's thrilling draw with India in their only test last week. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 
millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados. Truly the best place to be a cricket fan. I'd definitely be open to it. There's obviously been a lot of draws in women's test cricket in, in previous games. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's definitely something I think that should be looked at. Uh, obviously, we lost a little bit uh, of time through the weather, etc. Um, throughout this match and, and weren't able to force it. But, um, yeah, I, I'd definitely be open to it. I think generally over eights are pretty good in women's cricket. Um, and obviously, we, we didn't quite get all the overs that we should have done in, in this match. But, um, yeah, I think if there was another day, what a... What a great sort of finish it would have been. We're almost robbed of that finish because there wasn't an extra day and we didn't have the time in the game. So, um, yeah, something I'd definitely be open to. You're listening to the Cricket Collective here on Talksport 2 with me, Neil Manthorpe, and former England fast bowler Steve Harmison. If you've missed any of the show or you wish to catch up, you can, of course, listen back to the podcast from the following on feed, now available via the free Talksport app or wherever you get your podcasts. Right, time to look back at uh, what was a, a thrilling, highly entertaining test match, one-off test match, unfortunately, between England and India in Bristol. And I'm delighted to say that uh, we're joined by TalkSport's own Kate Cross. So much um, to reflect on, Kate. And I've got a whole bunch of questions for you, um, and I know that Harmi has as well. First thing to say is congratulations. I mean, it was... It was terrific uh, uh, entertainment. I mean, uh, and and when you were it appeared to be, uh, if not on the verge of victory, then on the verge of giving yourselves a very good chance of victory. There was a ninth wicket partnership of 104. Um, you know, it's one thing Jimmy Anderson and uh, Monty Panesar batting out 15 overs for for not not many runs, but a, a partnership of 104 for the ninth wicket. Um, but yeah, I mean, half centuries for Heather Knight, Sophia Dunkley, and and Tammy Beaumont. So much uh, to to reflect back on. Um, sense of frustration, or, or 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 not for you? Yeah, I think naturally, you know what it's like when you can't take that wicket that you need to, especially when you're so close to to forcing a victory. But um, I think the frustration was probably then overshadowed by the fact that it was such a thrilling game. And I think as players, we probably didn't really 
grasp that until we got off the pitch and we were you know, able to see everything on Twitter and social media around the buzz that was women's cricket for those four days, which was was really nice to see. Normally we come off from a test match and you, you've got quite a, a lot of negative chat. And so it's really nice to come off and see some some real positive stuff around the women's game for a change. Um, men uh, tend to be very reluctant um, to, to give credit <laughs> to their opponents. I'm delighted to say that in the, in the women's game, generally in my experience, um, you know, there, there is uh, far more of a willingness to say, you know what, fair enough. They, 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 they've got some really good players. Um, they fought back very hard. You know, they, they, they were forced to follow on. Um, I don't know, 17-year-old Shafili Verma, um, what what a player she seems to be. Yeah, she's um, she is going to be something else. I mean, she is something else already, and she's only 17, which is frightening. Um, we've got our own little child protege in the team in, in Sophie Eccleston, and she's 22 now, and we still think of her as the baby of the team. And Shafali's got another five years on Sophie. So um, I guess from... From the wider point of view, it's great to think where women's cricket is going to be in another five years when you've got the likes of Verma coming through and to get 96 on test debut. Um, I mean, I've never scored 96 in my life. So, to, you know, it's hard to grasp that as a, as a debutant playing in foreign conditions as well. In a, in a game that we don't play often, we, you know, we play the, t- the test match format every two or three years. So to be able to do that, um, yeah, she's just she's a very special player. And I. I hate to say that I'm going to have to bowl at her a little bit more in these upcoming series. And Kate, the Test match on reflection when you when you look back at it, um, because you know the women's game you don't play a, a great deal of Test match cricket, but for the, the 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 time it was on, it was on TV at a prominent time. It was the World Test Championship. It was raining. When you look back at it now, is this something that you've got to be saying to the ICC that we need to play more of it because the amount of goodwill and the amount of positive talk that's come from what happened between England and India, this is something that needs to happen more and more? I absolutely think so, yeah. And I think if you ask all the players, we've always said we want to play more Test Match cricket because I'm a big believer in the fact that you learn the game through the longer format of it. You know, you learn how to hold your skill for longer. Um, and we just don't have access to that as female players. So growing up, you're immediately thrown into 2020 cricket and how to play the reverse sweep and paddles and slower balls and that kind of thing. So I think it's only a positive thing to get more of the longer format in the game. Um, but I think that needs to start at domestic level first. And I think now that we've got the regional hubs available to the girls, I think that's where it needs to start in England. Um, whether the ICC take a, a you know, take the bait and let us play more test cricket, then I'd be all for that as well and get more of the more countries playing it. I think it'd be great. When I first heard that the test match was being played on a used pitch, I was, I was outraged. I was appalled. Um, I had visions of this kind of dust bowl that, uh, that, <laughs> that had a four day game played on it. And then I heard that it was only, th- only 37 overs and it was more of the principle that uh, offended me rather than it seemed to play pretty well, actually. I mean, um, as I said, you know, it, it wasn't a great look that it was played on a used pitch, but actually it, it, that wasn't an issue, was it, in the end? It was a pretty fair pitch, to be honest. There wasn't much in it for the bowlers, um, but then we play with a Cookerborough ball as well, which I don't think helped in terms of like a home advantage. I'm pretty sure if we'd have used a Dukes ball, I think we would have probably seen a bit of a different um, game play out. But um, yeah, I mean, we've... There was a lot of talk about the pitch before we'd even played on it. And I think it was only fair we played the match and then assessed it. Um, I'm not the best at reading pitches at the best of times. 
So probably the worst person to ask, but I think you're right. I think it was more the principle. Um, and a lot of the, I feel like we're getting to a stage where we ask the question now, would that happen in the men's game? And a used pitch just certainly wouldn't. And I'd like to think now moving forward that um, we've almost earned the right to be able to play on brand new pitches in all formats of international cricket, just to give us the best chance of of having outcome games and, you know, getting results out of, especially the, a one-off test match that, you know, we don't play another test match now until the Ashes in January. Um, and we want to have results when we do manage to play the test match form. So, um, yeah, I think moving forward, it, it's it's going to have been turned into a positive, which is a good thing. Um, but unfortunately, we've had to have that incident happen for us to be able to get that outcome. Sorry, how do we get more four-day test matches? How do we get more four-day cricket into the women's game? Is it the domestic level, which is so important to, to, to sort of push this drive forward? Because we've seen it was, it was there's a lot of positivity come out of it. You know, do we do, do the ECB need to take more onus and say, right, we're going to drive the women's game into four-day cricket and then that will then knock on effect throughout the world? I think it's a difficult one. It's a bit chicken and egg, isn't it? Because if we're playing a lot of two, three-day cricket at domestic level and you've got no other international sides playing that, then, you know, could we, us, Australia, India, move a, a lot further forward than other nations? So I think there has to be a real buy-in from all the cricket boards, um, which we're starting to see more in general with the amount of investment that's happening in the women's game. Um but yeah, I'd, I've, I've said now, like I just mentioned, having the regional hubs where you've got more professional players who aren't taking time off work anymore and, you know, taking four days off for one last four if you've got a full-time job. Whereas now we're seeing girls getting paid to play cricket. Could we open that up a little bit more and get a format in at the start of the summer, the end of the summer? Um, I'm not too sure, but I do, I do want to see more of it. I genuinely think it'll help the women's game so much. Sorry, Kate, I was going to ask you, I'm embarrassed to say, I didn't know that you were playing with the Kookaburra. I don't understand why. I mean, the the Dukes is England's uh, secret, well, not secret weapon. <laughs> the Dukes ball's, you know, England's friend. The, the Dukes ball is your friend as a, as a bowler. Why, why were you playing with the Kookaburra? I don't know the answer to that because I got told that the Dukes didn't make a women's size ball, but then someone tweeted me to tell me that they do. So I don't know. I don't, I genuinely can't answer that. I'm going to have to Google it. Um, but yeah, it's something that again, I hope that we can look into and moving forward when we play home test matches, certainly against Australia, I hope that we can uh, get a Dukes in our hand and not a Cookaburra because they swing for about five minutes and then that's it. They're gone. And the format, um, the you're using the, the Ashes scoring format aren't you so it's four points for the test match and and two points for the white ball games is that right are you happy with that as well I think that's something that we could move forward into the to, into all international cricket if you know if we were to play against South Africa or Sri Lanka we could have that format where you play all three forms of the game in a point system and then the winner comes out on top and I genuinely think that that it gives you the best team you know because you've got You've got to adapt to all the conditions. You've got to adapt to all the formats. Um, and that's something that we've seen has been really successful in how we form our ashes over the past three or four years. Um, so, yeah, that could also be an answer as to how we get more of the red ball game into into women's side of the sport. I think that's it. Any more for you, Harmy? No, it's uh, it's just one thing I would say is it's been a, a fantastic positive for the women's game. And it was great to see that. You know, the girls enjoyed themselves on, on, on TV on the big stage while the men's game was rained off. So congratulations, fair play. And we look forward to seeing more women's cricket in the longer format in the future. Thanks very much, guys. Thank you so much uh, to Kate. Just a, a reminder that England have announced their 16-strong uh, squad for the Royal London Series 
um, against uh, India. And um, head coach Lisa Keatley said, uh, we're looking forward to playing ODI cricket again in a hugely enjoyable, after a hugely enjoyable hard-fought test. No space on this occasion for Danny Wyatt and Georgia Elwes. Um, but uh, yeah, she says uh, that uh, competition for places is stronger than ever. Just confirmation that the first ODI Sunday at uh, Bristol, starting at 11 a.m. Wednesday and Taunton, a 2 p.m. game um, under lights. And then next Sunday, July the 3rd, the third of those ODIs um, at New Road, Worcester. You're listening to the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2 with me, Neil Manthorpe, and Double Ashes winner, Steve Harmison. And in the final part of the programme, we hear from England legend Sir Alistair Cook, who's been giving his thoughts on the current test side. You're listening to the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2 with the Institute of Cricket. You're listening to the Cricket Collective here on TalkSport 2 with me, Neil Manthorpe, and former England fast bowler Steve Harmison. As promised, it's time now to hear from the former England captain, Sir Alistair Cook who has told TalkSport that England's decision to rest players during the pandemic has been a huge mistake. England lost their first series at home since 2014 when they were beaten last week 1-0 by New Zealand. And Cook gave his thoughts to Hawksby and Jacobs over on TalkSport. I mean, I can't remember capturing a side very often in my I, I captain 50-odd times that I, I didn't have a full-strength side to choose from. Actually, in the last eight games, he hasn't had his... You know, obviously we missed games to injury, but due to rotation, he hasn't had eight, you know, eight games without a stronger side, and and you can't really afford to do that against the top sides. And I think England got themselves in a bit of a mess actually. You know, they they tried to be proactive a little bit with, with of course, with bubble life and the COVID this winter, but it seemed to me they got their priorities a little bit wrong. Or they, you know, they said it was all about the Test cricket, all going to Australia, you know, but. It doesn't hasn't kind of worked out like that, you know. Owen Morgan's got a full strength side for these ODIs against, sorry, these T20 against uh, Sri Lanka, but mm. Joe Root against India away away, which is tough enough. Certainly, when they're one 0 up, to suddenly three players missing to New Zealand, the number one side in the world, you know, players missing, and now it's only now India. This, they'll have their full strength side. So I feel for Joe Riddle. And actually, it's caught England out because uh, you just don't want to lose games of cricket. And you certainly don't, don't, you can't afford to lose games at home. And you know, winning is such a habit, and losing, unfortunately, is a habit. And this side, you know, the last few games have lost a lot of games. It's going to, you know, it's a big effort now they have. It's a great challenge for them. And there's no reason why they can't beat India, actually, you know, at home. We've got a great record at home, but it's going to be tough for them. They need a fit Ben Stokes. I mean, it's so clear. And, and even without Wokes, that all-rounder gives you flexibility. You can play a spinner. You know, your batting's Absolutely. longer. It, it, I, I did feel for him from that point of view. And But watching these two teams, India and New Zealand especially, I mean, they, they have been... You know, they they look ahead of England in the, where they are at the moment. They are. They are ahead in terms of... All three... They've got all three kind of elements. You know, the three aspects of it ahead of them aren't they they, they, they bowl better they, they probably bowl on par actually England's bowling was, was pretty good actually and I think they got bowled New Zealand out for par scores but New Zealand's batting looked very solid played the conditions played the situation very well and their catching was absolutely fantastic I think the bit which would frustrate me as an England fan 
you know, you're talking about a balanced side. They didn't have a balanced side. So going to edge, playing, not playing the spinner because they didn't think they could fit it in. Actually, it didn't cost them because they didn't bat well enough. But if England did bat well enough on that third innings and set New Zealand 240, it, it would have turned. It would have been a dry wicket. So, you know, they, and they didn't play a spinner. So that would have cost them as well. But you had Moe and Ali, a, a, a spinning all-rounder, you know, even if Ben Stokes not fit, which does happen, he broke his finger, he was out for injury. Like, he had Moen all around Moen playing for uh, Worcester in a T20 game. And at the same time, you think we're crying out for Moen now. So, look, it was it was tough, actually. And th- that balance, that side wasn't right uh, for those two games. But, you know, come India in five or six weeks' time, they will, you know, with everyone back. And obviously, Ben Stokes, back, hopefully he'll be fit again. But even without Ben Stokes, Chris Wokes, Sam Curran, Moen Ali, all those guys who fill in those all, all round roles yes different to Ben Stokes you know will make England a far better side and one final thing that's a bit of a bugbear of mine sorry about this but the, okay. before the women's test match started there were so many complaints about the fact that they'd been given a second hand pitch and in the but in the end the pitch was the winner it played really well it, it was a draw it could have, and it was a good test match as well and uh, I think all these people on social media had a right go and sort of look at took it as some sort of insult should have a should have, they owe the groundsman at Bristol an apology I think <laughs> Well, yeah, well, actually, in general, that that test match was a really good test match, wasn't it? The score, mm. you know, historically, you'd have said women's test matches because they don't play it very often, so it's a bit unfair for you to criticise her. You know, they spend their life playing T Twenty and and fifty over stuff with domestically and international, so they don't play very many test matches. You know, that actually the scoring rates, you know, are, are can be less than two, but actually throughout the game, the scoring rates were, were you know around three runs and over, which is perfectly acceptable. Uh, it was great entertaining entertainment. I thought England played some really good cricket. They they were very proactive. And obviously the weather kind of cost them a bit of time. But if there wasn't a weather, India got themselves in a pretty good situation to as well after following on. So I thought it was a great advert for Test cricket and I think for women's test cricket and I think for them progressing the game, I like the multi format for them. I think every, every series should have one test match in it for them. You know, Sir Alistair spent so long of his uh, playing career and his captaincy career trying to say the right thing if he wasn't trying to say nothing. Um, and I always wondered how he would transition to the media world. But my goodness, he's good value these days. He's, uh, he, really, he really speaks his mind. Um, I just want to pay a quick tribute to our um, producer and what a fine man he is, Scott Taylor, because Harmy, he's uh, been digging around in last week's archives and he's found Chris Wokes. <laughs> Um, uh, I get the sense that you were a little bit frustrated about his lack of frustration. But actually, uh, this is what he um, had to say a couple of days ago about his wasted winter. Well, I think that's the best way of putting it, really. Frustrating winter for me. Obviously, the South Africa tour pre-Christmas, you know, what happened happened with COVID. And um, we were obviously due to play that ODI series and I played there. And then the unfortunate events of of having to isolate when we got to Shranka, having been in close contact with Mo. I suppose just all bubbles up to, to frustration and a really frustrating time, really. And then obviously not playing a single game all winter after the summer that I had, it almost just felt like a bit of a waste for me. So, yeah, really, really frustrating. You know, I didn't get a go in India either, which at the same time was was unfortunate. But, you know, I, I was excited by going to IPL, getting into a different environment, you know, a different, I suppose, of, of team environment to, to pick some brains and, and try and get playing cricket again. Played a few games there, obviously, but... Um, 
you know, obviously that was cut short. So um, I'm excited to just play some cricket. Great to be back out there with Warwickshire Bears over the last week or so. And yeah, just want to put that behind me really um, and look, look, look to what's ahead because um, yeah, it's certainly been a, a tough seven, seven or eight months or so since, since last September. There you go, Harmy. That's Chris Wokes <laughs> frustrated for you. We've got a minute and a half left. Wrap it up. Frustrated. Yeah, but there's one thing being frustrated, man, is but I got off you get off a plane coming back from India, IPL finish. You ring up my Shajaz and say, I'm gonna play for Warwickshire next week. I'm not bothered about the physio or the, the uh, I've not played for a long time. I'm gonna play for Warwickshire next week and I'm coming to Lords to play to balance the side out for England. Simple. It is simple. Play power. Trent Bolt, I am playing in the World Test Championship. I'm going to come over, play the second Test match, isolate, get myself ready, two nets, and I'm going to play in that Test match. He come 10,000 miles, Christmas 10 miles down the road. If he was frustrated, onus of your own career. Pipe up, tell them that you want to do that. Sorry, you can words are talk talks cheap. It's about actions, and unfortunately, some of the actions that some of the players are taking is not not for me. Is not good enough. Hiding behind other people, nah. Not, not for me. Not for me. Sorry. <laughs> and so, Alistair, what did you? You got thirty seconds left. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Um, he said what we all think. You know, the, the test team hasn't been looked after like the one day side, and we are now seeing the consequences of that. You know, he knows it more than anybody else. You spummed it up perfectly. I thought he was absolutely brilliant. Thank you very much indeed, Harmy. I, I when I say thirty seconds. I always expect you to go for a minute. Um, um, you should say that more often. So I tell you what, we, we, so we do actually have 30 seconds left. Uh, Luke Fletcher, defending 12, last over, T20 blast against Lancashire, goes for four in his first four balls. He's thinking, job done. Eight off the last two. I've done it. He bowls a knee-high full toss, gets whacked over mid-wicket for six, and then has to defend one off the last ball and does it. With a range of emotions in one over as a fast bowler. Now you really do have 30 seconds. That is 2020. 2020 in it, manners. 2020 at its best. Brilliant. That's what we love the game for. <laughs> I, bet, I bet your heart went out to it. <laughs> uh, you've been listening to the Cricket Collective here on TalkSport 2 with me, Neil Manthorpe, and former England fast bowler Steve Harmison. If you missed any of the show or you wish to catch up, as always, you can listen back to the podcast now. Available via the free TalkSport app or wherever you get your podcasts. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final... You can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you're keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more 
and it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.